The man at the wheel nervously pointed forward. The blackness of the moonless night was almost total. Frank, look, there it is. See it right next to the foremast, his companion said. Yeah, yeah, I do. The wheelsman, now increasingly agitated, muttered. There's another one. Why, it looks like five or six of them. They're just staring at us, the second man said. Are you going to tell anyone about this? Holding the wheel tight but visibly shaking, the sailor said, No, not a soul. But when we make Buffalo, I'm off this black cat. I knew shipping on her was a bad deal. They're the guys that drowned when she went over in a white squall off Milwaukee. Her Ghosts. Mm. Maybe something else, but yeah. <laughs> Such a Debbie Downer. I am. I'm trying to. Uh... <laughs> Here, eat some unicorn Cheerios. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. Get out of both of us being ridiculous at the same time. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the great. Oh, wait, no, let's not do that. <laughs> welcome back. Oh, no. <laughs> welcome back. Podcast. Okay, if you think uh, I'm going to do anything remotely like that, sober. <laughs> the lights are flickering on this spooky episode of the Great Dive Podcast. That's because TGDP hasn't made enough money to pay the electric bill. That's <laughs> all. <laughs> There's shadows. Shadows all around. Okay. The shadows are flickering. <laughs> I see. Yes, the flickering light is making the flickering shadow. Well. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the second annual Great Dive Podcast Halloween Spooktacular. <laughs> with your host. We stole Spooktacular. We're going to probably get some shit about that. <laughs> With your host, Count Jamesy. <laughs> oh, brother. And, uh, and, uh, and just Brando. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm no, not going to no, play no, it. No, no, no. You can't be. Brando von Frankenstein. <laughs> what, did I, what did I walk into this morning? <laughs> you've, been, you've been up for an hour already. I know. I haven't slept in 48 haven't slept in hours. weeks. Been, been looking up these ghost stories. 
I know I looked at a couple and uh, they were underwater, but they're they're supposed to be scary and they just aren't doing it for me. Well, I don't want to get right into scary stuff. There is here's the thing. I want to talk about some real. There's real things to talk about. Yeah, the only real scary stuff are like those stories we've been reading from Dan and whatnot. Well, those have been pretty scary, but no, man. Uh oh. We got to revisit a little an old friend. We have no. First of all, I have no friends. The Loveland Frog. It's back in the news, man. <laughs> it's real. Oh, coincidentally, and at Halloween. Remember last year we talked we talked yeah, about the Loveland, the Loveland, the Loveland frog. frog, the legendary humanoid frog seen in and around quarries throughout the greater Cincinnati, Loveland, Ohio area. How maybe, many quarries? Maybe up into How many maybe, quarries are out there? I heard uh, somebody last weekend reported last week that in and around that White Star Quarry area, they saw this humanoid amphibious creature crawling out of the dark wooded side of the quarry that's uh that's not a and woodland then splashing creature. back in yeah that's not a woodland creature that's that's the, lo- that's your, the loveland frog no that's your typical overweight instructor uh out of shape <laughs> overweight with the air mcdoodle snorkels and uh split fins just was, jump back and just the, flop back in the water it could have been the loveland frog yeah there's um there's some police video footage of the Loveland Frog. Oh, this ought to be good. Roll them. Are you ready for this? I don't know. I'm holding on to myself. Official dash cam footage. It's clearly a police vehicle, not a, good, <laughs> <Yeah>. not a GoPro. <laughs> yeah. The editing where the... Uh... Oh, he's got a GoPro on him, though. Well, yeah, because he's a, an official Loveland police officer. Oh, but now we're back to the dash cam footage. Uh, officer, um, mobile, num- mobile number thirty-three says right there. Put your hands up. Put your hands up. Uh, put your hands up. <laughs> oh, look at that! Look at it! He got, it. got him. First of all, frogs are not violent. They're he's, just not he's, violent. He's they're peaceful. Frogging him right here, pretty good. He's frogging him. That frog has hair on him. It's a humanoid amphibious. <laughs> First of all, he can't be an amphibian and a mammal. He's a humanoid amphibian. He cannot be an amphibian and a mammal. It's, uh, you tell that to the Loveland frog. Well, I'll tell it to the guy who made his costume. That dude, you need to do your research. You have to make it at least somewhat scientifically believable. I know the Halloween people are like, man, Brando's a downer. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, that's, uh, no, this one's no, I real. Want you to, I want you to look at this <laughs> one. This is a, this is real footage somebody caught. Yeah. No, it says here that. When, what, what is the date on this? That it's, this, well, that's why I'm telling you right um, now. I mean, this is from last year. This is a uh, footage that somebody took last year. Uh, this guy says, um, Sam Jacobs. I think we mentioned the one about Sam Jacobs, who's the guy who was playing Pokemon Go last year. It's Pokemon. Po- Not Pokemon. It's Pokemon. Pokemon. Pokemon Go. <laughs> Pokemon Go. He was crossing some train tracks on the banks of Lake Isabella, and he spotted something strange. Hmm. He says, quote, he told us to the news, actually. We saw a huge frog near the water. Not in the game. This was an actual giant frog. <laughs> 
<laughs> then the thing stood up and walked on its hind legs. I realize this sounds crazy, but I swear on my grandmother's grave, this is the truth, Jacobs claimed. The legend of the frogman was hung around Loveland for decades and has quite the cult following. Check this video out, though. Look at this. Boom. Here we go. Watch. See those lights? Yeah. That's the eyes of the frog, I think. I didn't know that eyes are fat flashlight. Look at They're perfectly, they wouldn't be right like that. Look at that. Frog face. Hmm. Interesting. Well, you've convinced me. What else could it be? <laughs> exactly. What else could it be? Okay. Fun stuff. All you listeners in the Loveland, Ohio area, have you seen the Loveland Frog? Somebody said they saw the Loveland Frog at Gilboa Quarry last week. <laughs> really? <laughs> no comment. It was on the banks of the quarry, petting the cats. So, Did somebody actually buy this book? Wait, you bought this book. <laughs> <laughs> Did somebody give you this book? This is a great little book. So okay. this is a book by Frederick Stonehouse. He's a, a local legend really? in this area. Really? Yeah. He writes all kinds of little uh, shipwreck stories about okay. d- different wrecks and different storms. He holds a master's degree in history from Northern Michigan University. He's got books like The Last Laker, Finding a Wreck Lost in the Great Lakes, Deadliest Storm, Shipwreck of the Mesquite, Death of a Coast Guard Cutter, a bunch of stuff. He's a consultant. Wasn't the Mesquite a Coast Guard Cutter? The Mesquite was a Coast Guard Cutter. Yeah, it's up there off uh, the Keweenaw. Yeah. So those two stories are just different titles of the same story. Is that right? Come on now. You're wrecking my mojo. I am. Well, I'm not trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be. uh, You're trying to. Take away my no. We can't have both. We can't have both. We cannot have both of us being ridiculous at the same time. I'm I'm reading the truth, man. Normally, I'm the ridiculous one. Today, you're going to take over the Halloween ridiculous. So he's he's a he's a Michigan youper. Lives up there in the UP and writes uh, shipwreck stories. And he's got a couple of cool ones that I found called Haunted Lakes, Great Lakes, Ghost Stories, and Superstitions. Sea serpents and eerie things that happen on not just Lake Erie, but all the Great Lakes. Hmm. And for Halloween, I wanted to do a cool. Uh, sure. I wanted to do a cool ghost story. There's no such thing. First of all, well, wait. You haven't heard this story. yet. I don't need to. Well, at the end, you might have your mind changed. <laughs> okay, I, I'll 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 be corrected if it because it starts off with some truth. So uh, if you, <laughs> <laughs> it was a shipwreck. True. So the the Wachters wrote a couple books called Erie Wrecks and Erie Wrecks East and then Erie Lighthouses. But anyway, so they're um, so they wrote a couple of books on Lake Erie shipwrecks, and they do have one in there about the Chicago Board of Trade wreck. It's real, man. It's real. It's the real. wreck is real. Sure. Part of the story can't be real, and part of it made up. Let me ask you a question. Shoot. You ever been on a shipwreck? You ever been diving on a shipwreck and have that nope. eerie feeling come over you? Nope. That somebody's watching you? Nope. Looking at you? Nope. Through the hazy mist of the murky water? <laughs> it was yeah, It was that out of out of shape instructor that fell in the, the water there earlier with the split fins and air McDoodle. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Or, or was it a phantom well i guess i guess you could automatically go there was it an apparition <laughs> no off in the distance no was it a little cloudy without distinct lines <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or was it so there's a story about a uh, shipwreck called 
the Erie Board of Trade. Okay. Which was, Stonehouse writes in this book, he says, it is usually accepted that the following tale of the Erie Board of Trade is strictly fiction. Hmm. That's unusual. <laughs> Nothing more than the result of a fertile imagination. Hmm. Wait. It's a ghost story however, is the result of a fertile imagination. However, <laughs> there are those who admit, or at least believe, that certain elements of it might be based on a true story. Yeah, there was a shipwreck. Correct. Okay. There was never one that they could find called the Erie Board of Trade, but there was one called the Chicago Board of Trade, which is what we were just talking about in the the, the Wachter's book. Okay, so that's in Western so Lake what Erie. Is, what is the? How did they find the name, the Erie Board of Trade? I'm not going to say that it was a tale of fiction <laughs> that was written in a newspaper years ago because somebody didn't have all the facts. Uh, they couldn't just Google it back then. Uh, they had deadlines. But so the Chicago made... Board of Trade was a three-masted bark built in Manitowoc, Wisconsin. Groovy. While never really a hoodoo ship, she was never a really lucky one either, Stonehouse reminds us. Her introduction to the world of big-time trouble started on Wednesday, July 29th, 1874, when she sank in 14 fathoms of water, 25 miles north northwest of Fairport eh? Harbor on Lake Erie. Fathoms. 14 fathoms. There's no they point of talking say... in feet when you're talking no. ghost stories. <laughs> ghost stories. Fathoms sounds close. Close to phantoms, which will get the mind going. Uh, the hull. The hull. Second three leagues. <laughs> the hull of this ghastly we should probably, ship. Uh, we should probably tell the listeners, just because not everybody knows how deep a fathom is. Fathom is six feet. Yeah, but I'm just saying you should say, so that was 64 feet. How many, how many feet is a league? Of that, I can't remember. Looked it up. That's why 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea is the to the nth degree of ridiculousness. But Well, yeah. no, because 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea isn't the depth that they were in. It's the distance that they had traveled. Oh, okay. I thought a, a league was depth, though. A league I, is a measurement. It's not necessarily Oh, I thought depth. it was a measurement of depth. Oh, interesting. Good, good, good. It's pretty good, Jamesy. English-speaking world, on land, the league is most commonly defined as three miles. Ah, okay. Very good. At sea, a league is three nautical miles. Yeah, so that's the distance they'd covered. Ah. You remember the name of that ship in 20,000 yeah, Leagues Under the Sea? Yeah, not the depth they go, but see, the, that's where the title was kind of misleading. Right. Because he uses the word under the sea, too, which I get it now. I mean, it, it's, but interesting. Even that, though. The Nautilus. The Nautilus was the... Submarine. Yes. And the submarine traveled so for 69,040-ish miles. Is how long they, had tra- they were traveling during that tail. Yeah, but even that, I think, is going to show up to be in the ridiculousness. You think? Yeah. You think that's going to be the ridiculous part? Not the gigantic squid that There are gigantic the, squid. That attacked the... There are gigantic squid. Oh, I know. That's fact, bitch. It's not a ghost of a made-up shipwreck. Some men claimed something was rotten on the Chicago Board of Trade. They stated that she never hit anything, that there was no explanation for her sudden and unholy appetite for the lake, that instead of heading for shore once the water was discovered, the captain ran for the open lake and deep water. After all, she didn't start to leak for 27 hours. Captain Thomas Fountain's explanation of the sinking was vague, claiming that his schooner bottomed on some rocks while being towed in the Detroit River. At the time, no damages were apparent, but at 7.30 a.m., while booming off of Point O'Pele, it breezed up and she began to roll heavily. At 4 a.m. on Wednesday, three feet of water was discovered in her hold. 
Ten minutes later, the scooter went bow first to the bottom. Ten minutes? It went that quick. Yeah. Some men claimed something was rotten on the Chicago Board of Trade. They stated that she never hid anything, that there was no explanation for her sudden and unholy appetite for the lake. Oh, the cargo hold filled up. They they had a bad seal on the That instead of heading for shore, once the water was discovered, the captain ran for the open lake and deep water. Insurance? Did I... Oh, I spoiled the whole story, eh? <laughs> well, the... Um, Son of a... The hull was... Uh, the hull of it was valued at like $25,000. It was insured for twenty grand. Her hold was carrying 30,000 bushels of corn. So like $5 worth of corn. <laughs> so she didn't officially start to leak until 27 hours after she supposedly hit the rocks. Oh, okay. But when she started leaking, she went down immediately. The underwriters were most interested to raise the scooter to see what really happened. To help solve the mystery, in August, the Coast Wrecking Company was given a $10,000 no-cure-no-pay contract by the underwriters to raise and get her back into port. The insurance man had good reason to smell something fishy. Freights were depressed and business was poor. Owners were sorely tempted to sell their overinsured vessels to the insurance companies. Schooners insured in the spring of 1874 for $18,000 on a valuation of $25,000 had by August depreciated to a value of $17,000. The opportunity for some skullduggery was ripe in those days, my man. Aye. You may be correct. Skullduggery. Skullduggery. They don't use that, uh, we don't use the term skullduggery too much anymore. Maybe we should try to bring it back. We're gonna. I, I like that word. Yeah. Some I love old, that word. We should get up to some skullduggery tonight. <laughs> good old skullduggery. You know, get a pick up a bottle of rum and go out for some skullduggery. <clears throat> skullduggery. Higher. The Chicago Board of Trade proved a difficult salvage, accompanied by numerous small accidents, mistakes, and delays, more than normally characteristic of such work. Despite the problems, by December, the salvagers were able to raise her enough to drag her to 50 feet of water where she was left for the winter. Now, although she was resting securely on the bottom of Lake Erie, that apparently didn't stop her ghost from sailing again. In April of 1875, a phantom ship reported to be the Chicago Board of Trade was sighted on Lake Michigan. Oh, my. Purportedly. Reportedly. Purportedly. You know. That means somebody saw it. Purportedly or reportedly. Reported. Reported. Reported to be. Reported oh, to be. by who? Some drunk sailors. Some sa- <laughs> stoners. <laughs> Same guys that saw the frog. One minute she was there, all sail billowing in the fresh breeze. The next she was gone. Old late captains who saw it swore she was the Chicago Board of Trade. Was the schooner trying in some way to impart a message about her untimely end? Huh? I don't know. Have you thought about that? No. No, it never even crossed my mind. Get this. The following spring and summer, the wreckers were back at work, and bad luck of the previous season continued to dog them. In late June, they had her slung in chains with pontoons, ready for a lift when an unusually strong summer storm brew up. The chains broke, sending the old ship back to the bottom. That has to be ghosts. Okay, you've convinced me it was all ghosts. (laughs) 
take this. Because we're going to get to the ghost story. We're going to get to the ghost story. I think story. most of these stories are going to oh. be blah, 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 blah. Lights flicker down and off. Blah, 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 blah. Shadows. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Reportedly, blah, 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 blah. A frog. <laughs> By early July, the wreck finally came up and was safe in Buffalo. She was a bedraggled looking trophy. The cabin was gone and both masts broken off. Ghost must have done that. As was part of her stanchions and rail. Ominously, the suspicions of the insurance men were vindicated. At least six holes were discovered in the water closet pipe, and a special commission determined that they were made for the purpose of scuttling the sinking the vessel. Mm. The tool used to make the holes, you might ask? A short piece a of iron. A steel hook. 14 feet long. <laughs> <laughs> a short piece of iron bent and shaped at one end was also found. A small square of carpet had been placed around the pipe as if to deaden the sound of the rushing water. The aft pump was also disabled by... Ghosts. Yes, a obviously. Frog. A frog. A the frog, frog, maybe. It all comes together. What else the floats? The eerie board of trade. Hmm. The Loveland Frog. A werewolf. Werewolf stories are are good and scary. They're kind of terrifying. They actually don't just like flick lights on and off or turn TVs on. They actually, you know, they also, they just tear people to ribbons and they eat them. Yeah. That's why I like that song, Werewolves of London. Some of the best lines of music. Key warns, Yvonne. The best line of music. I saw a werewolf drinking a pina colada at Trader Vic's. His hair was perfect. Did you ever see a guy with his hair perfect? It stands out. It like stands out. Uh, you look. Don't say at, yourself. You're looking right at me. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> no, I mean perfect. Like you walk in, you're like that guy. His hair is perfect as it should be, and he's drinking a pina colada. The schooner's bad. Just the picture, just the scene painted out so, in such few words, the scene pops in your head. I, I, I'm, I'm there. Oh. Which Little is old why. lady got mutilated late last night. Was she on a schooner? <laughs> no, she was at pina col- drinking a pina colada at Trader Vic's. This, this ship, the bad luck, also touched its cargo. The corn was no good anymore. When, ah, when first examined by the divers... It was pronounced in good condition. When finally unloaded, it was discovered badly spoiled and caused considerable problems. The stench was so bad that city health inspectors directed the offloading out of city limits. So when they brought this how old corn up, how old was it? July of uh, 1874 and um, April 25th. April of uh, 75, so a year later. The corn wasn't any good after was, a year underwater? It was preserved in the cold, murky corn. depths of... <laughs> Listen, but then when this it is different, up, though, because this was so bad that eventually most of the corn was sold to farmers for pig feed. It was good for nothing more. Uh, maybe it was pig feed in the first place? I'm going to go out there and say that. So um, the underwriters finally managed to keep the reluctant schooner above water long enough to sell her, but the uh, unsavory past always haunted her. Nevertheless, she continued to sail for another quarter century. On November 21st, 1900, her end finally came when she wrecked on Niagara Reef in Lake Erie, anchored by a full cargo of iron ore. 
she was beaten to pieces by a powerful gale. And I think that's where, uh, when you leave the read the Erie Rex mm-hmm. book of the the shipwreck, I think that's the location that's that's in there, um, the Chicago Board of Trade. Interesting. Now, many consider the Erie Board of Trade story to be the classic Great Lakes ghost story. Others see a relationship to that official ship, the Chicago Board of Trade. But in the Saginaw Weekly Courier, which was a newspaper in the 1800s. There was a tale repeated in full, August 30th, 1883. Whether it's true or false is for you, Brando. What? what? Brando von Frankenstein to to decide. What is the scary part of this story? A ship went down. This is the tale here. I I was just telling you about the ship. I know. So Mr. Uh, Stonehouse was just telling us about the the history of the ship. But it's supposed to be a ghost story. The history of the wreck. Where's these ghosts? Down in the lower part of South Street the other day. <laughs> this is the ghost story. Here. Okay, this is the ghost story concerning this shipwreck. The Down the in the Lord lower of, part uh, of South Street the other day. Yeah. <laughs> I was at Trader Vic's <laughs> drinking a pina colada. <laughs> Wait. No. I was Down drink- in the lower part of South Street the other day. I was <laughs> drinking a pina colada at Trader Vic's. Down in the lower part of South Street the other day. And his hair was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. No, this is the ghost story. Okay. This I'm is, listening. I'm listening. Down in the lower part of South Street the other day. A little old lady got <laughs> mutilated late last night. <laughs> an old sailor sat on an anchor stock in front of a ship chandler's store. He's a hairy-handed gent who ran a monk in <laughs> Kent. No, let's get to this ghost story. He was an intelligent-looking man. He'll rip your lungs out, Jim. And was fairly well-dressed for one of his calling. I'd like to meet his tailor. I would. Yeah, yeah. I would like to meet his tailor. Go. I, I got to hear the story now. Okay. Now we know now, where now these, you know. how these two things came about. There you go. Okay. Other sailors were seated on a bale of oakum, on a wide-mouthed pump, without a plunger, and on the single stone step of the store. They were looking for a place called Lee Ho Fooks. Is that right? They were looking for a place called Leho Fuchs. Leho Fuchs? Yeah. What's that? That's where they're going to get a big, big dish of beef chow mein. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> Wait, what's that? <laughs> the ship channeler and a young friend sat in chairs just inside the store. The group were talking about ghosts. One of the young men had just told his experience. I'm scared now. You're a sorry dog, the ship chandler said to him. You're a sorry dog. Yes, just that like that. that. That's how he said. You be the ship. You be a sorry dog, matey. You be the you be the ship chandler. Arr, I'm the ship chandler, matey. You were drunk, and the spirits you'd taken within you made you see the spirits without. Arr, you be drunk, matey. You be drunk, you scallywag. It's always that way. He said. Arr, it is. Ye speak the truth, ye old matey. The old sailor threw one leg over the anchor stock. The old bones. Faced the ship chandler and said, You know I never take no grog, don't you, Captain? The ship chandler just nodded. People can't hear you nodding, like, but you're nodding just I'm like nodding. that ship chandler would nod. But if it was like a, a Bruce Lee movie, it would be like... Well, I saw a ghost once. I saw it as plain as I ever saw anything. 
The captain of the schooner I was on and the man in the waste both saw it too. There wasn't a drop of liquor on board. It was the talk of the docks all season. I had drank it all. <laughs> <laughs> I know a Captain Jack Custer of Milan. Our Captain Jack. <laughs> He's the only. Captain Jack. Isn't there a song about that? It's another He's... song. It go, everything relates back to uh, Warren Zevon, Billy Joel. He's the only freshwater captain I'm acquainted with, said the ship chandler. Arr, I'm the only freshwater captain he's acquainted with. I be the only freshwater captain that be out there that they be acquainted with. Arr. I may tease. <laughs> <laughs> Pass me the Captain Jack. <laughs> he's the man. I heard him speak of you once. It was a little over ten years ago. I was in Chicago then. I'd been through the canal from Toronto on one of those little canalers. One of those little canalers. You can never trust those little canalers. Beady lies those canalers have. With that tramping around the mud, with a line over my shoulder and taking turns around snubbing posts every time the schooner took a notion to run her nose into the bank. The old snubbing posts. I had enough of canal schooners. I've had them. Had it! I heard at the boarding house that some men were wanted on a three-masted schooner called the Erie Board of Trade. The boys gave her a pretty hard name, but they said the grub was good and that the old man paid top wages every time. So I went down and asked him if he got all hands aboard. He looked at me a minute, then asked me where my dunnage was. When I told him, he said I should get it on board right away. Arr, get that dunnage on board right away, mate. The Board of Trade was a handsome craft as ever floated on the lakes. She'd carry about 45,000 bushels of corn. Her model had as clean lines as a yacht. As I came down the deck with my bag under my arm, I had to stop and have a look at her. The old man saw me at it. He was proud of her. And I thought afterward that he rather took a fancy to me because I couldn't Help showing that I liked her looks. I like the trim of your jib there, Sonny. <laughs> I like the cut of your jib. I think that's the right word. I like the cut of your jib there. I like the lady. I like the mizzen in your mask. I like Sonny. the mizzen bam boom of your jib jam. <laughs> I was in her two round trips. The last trip up was the last on the lakes. Her shiver me timbers. Not but. I mean this. I really mean this. <laughs> uh, you're shivering? Shiver me timbers. Your timbers are shivering. I me timbers, timbers be shivering, shivering. Not but what times were pretty good up there. We were getting $2.50 a day for the first trip out and $2 the last. We messed with the old man and what with fresh meat and vegetables and coffee and milk. It was a first cabin passage all the way, but the old man made it hot for most of us. There wasn't any watch below in the day, and we were kept painting her up on the trip down and scrubbing the paint off again on the trip up. Skippers don't handle the blaying pins quite so much up there as they do down here when arguing with men because there's a lot of shysters around the docks waiting to get the men to the vessel. A man who's handy and fisting a mainsail will generally find pretty fair cruising. Fisting the old mainsail. If you can fist a mainsail, you got it made out there. You find some fair cruising, they've always said. Aye. 
You is, never, is he you reading never, this from the article, or did this he write is, this, this is, story? This is the story. Oh, he no, wrote this, it, so no, he wrote he this story. No, he didn't write this. Okay, who wrote this it? This was the story that appeared in the Saginaw Weekly Courier back in 1883. Ah. This is the real story. So there was a, an actual you, ghost story. This is the, the ghost the story. This is, okay. the, this is the guy. Okay, he's copying the outside ghost story of from the, the um, Vicks, Trader Vicks. Outside Vicks. of the ship. Leho Fuchs. Outside of the ship Chandler store. Telling the story of the ghost. Old Ship Chandler store. Does anyone know? Do you know what a Ship Chandler does? It's uh, called Trader's Trader Vic's Ship Chandler (laughs) store. (laughs) (laughs) Where you can get your pina coladas, top-notch pina coladas. The first trip round to Chicago, every man but me got his dunnage onto the dock as soon as he was paid off. I'd seen worse times than we'd had, and when I got my money, I asked the old man if he'd want anyone to help with the lines when the schooner was towed from the coal yards to the elevator. He reckoned he could keep me by if I wanted to stay, so I signed articles for the next trip. When we were getting the wheat into her at the elevator, we got the crew on board. One of them was a red-haired Scotchman. Ah, you never trust the red-haired Scotchman. Scotch? It's not a Scotchman, it's a Scotsman, isn't it? This is Scotchman. A Scotchman? That's a guy who drinks booze. That's a Scotchman. I know many Scotchmen. The captain took a dislike to him from the first. Aye, why wouldn't you? He's a red-headed Scotchman. It was a tough time for Scotty all the way down. Arr. I can't take much more of this. She can't take much more of this, Captain. I'm giving her all she's got. We were in Buffalo just 12 hours. And then we cleared for Cleveland to take on soft coal for Milwaukee. The tug gave us a short pull outside the breakwater. We had no more than just got the canvas onto the schooner before the wind died out completely. Nothing must do, but we must drop anchor. For the current settling to the Niagara River was carrying us down to Black Rock three knots an hour. When we got things shipshape about the decks, the old man called Scotty and two others aft and told them to scrape down the top masts. Then he handed the boatswain's chairs to them. Scotty gave his chair a look and then turned and touching his forehead respectfully said, If you please, sir, the rope's about chafed off and I'll bend on a bit of rattling stuff. If ye, <laughs> if ye Scottish, can, sir. So oh, she can't take much orders. I'll bend on a bit of ratliff. I'm going to try to get a squatty I accent. St- uh, I, you do the if squatty you accent. Oh, that's right. <laughs> if you... Ah, that's if very you good. If you please, sir. If you please, sir. The rope's it. about chafed off. And I'll bend on a bit of rattling stuff. Uh, you sound a little British. You started out Irish. You started out leprechaun, <laughs> and then you moved into Britain. We you, completely avoided Scotland. I you can't tried. do a Scottish. I sailed the all. She's up. Scottish, Captain. She can't take much go, more of this. All I can do is Scotty. If you please, sir, the ropes about chafed off, and I'll bend on a bit of rattle and stuff. How's and that? we'll need more dilithium crystals, Captain, if she's going to keep going this far. The captain. She can't take much more of this. The captain. We're giving her all she's got, boy. The captain was mighty touchy. I can do, you know, Sean Connery is Scottish. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Shake and not stirred, Miss Moneypenny. I'll have a martini. A vodka martini. The rope's about shaved off, and I'll <laughs> bend on a bit of rattling stuff. <laughs> That's better. Sean Connery is uh, the Scotsman. Oh, and while you're at it, Miss Moneypenny, I'd like a vodka martini, please. Shake and not stirred. The captain was mighty touchy because the jug had left him so. That's what your mother said. And he just jumped up and down and swore. 
Scotty climbed the main rigging pretty quick. He got the halyards bent to the chair and swung out to hoist away. I and the captain's nephew were standing by. We handled that rope carefully, for I'd seen how tender that chair was. What is this chair? Is it like a folding chair? No, it's that uh, little bucket chair up at the... Oh, the bucket the chair up at the so top. Yeah, I know what you're talking about now. It already looks like now. it's yes. about ready to go. Yeah, I hear you. And the captain sent him up because he didn't like the Scotsman. When we got him up Chock-a-Block, the young fellow took a turn around the Chock-a-Block. 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 The young fellow took a turn around the pin, and I looked aloft to see what Scotty was doing. What's a Chock-a-Block? We can't leave our listeners out there like, what the hell is a Chock-a-Block? We're throwing a lot of terms out there. Leagues, knots, chock-a-blocks. Crammed full of people or things. The manual is chock-a-block with information. Oh. So it's he like says, a, uh, okay. Oh, that's a little, I thought got, it was a thing, you see? I thought it was a noun. So he, really said, he says when we got him up chock-a-block. Uh, Mid-19th century uh, reference to tackle having these two blocks run close together from chock in full block. It's like so, like the block and tackle is all, ah, okay. all chock full of shit. It's chock a block to tackle having two blocks that run close together. Okay, but okay, now I'm, I'm, I'm now I've got the picture. I got it too. I got, now I'm, I was I'm on uh, I was on the Star Trek Enterprise, the Starship Enterprise there for a bit. Was that ever chock a block? Scott, no, but it had Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was chock a block with uh, various. Starship Enterprise. It was chock-a-buck full of... Uh, purple chicks. Purple chicks. Purple chicks and tribbles. What were the photon... Uh, photon torpedoes? No, the, the transistors. Uh, the, the Transistors? Uh, the <laughs> teleporters. What were those things called? Transporters. Yeah, the photon transporters. Chock-full of photon they had transporters. Fo- they had photon torpedoes. Photon torpedoes. What were the transporters? By another... They're just called transporters. Those transporters? Yeah. Beam me up, Scotty. I'm beaming ye up, Captain. This place is chock-a-block full of transporters. <laughs> this, this place is chock-a-block full of tribbles. What's the trouble with tribbles? Do you remember that episode? I don't. Do you remember the uh, green chick with the I do remember the antennas? green chick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember? Kirk, uh, Kirk got a little... What about uh, that little... Kirk uh, got a little kirky yeah, with Kirk, the green chick. <laughs> Kirk getting kirky. Do you remember the uh, lizard guy out on the, pl- the desert planet? Kind of like, not desert, but rocky planet. The lizard guy. Oh, like, the, uh, the young fellow. No, who took li- a turn around the pin, and I looked out <laughs> off to see what Scotty <laughs> was doing. Are you trying to mislead me? <laughs> the young fellow took a turn around the pin, because it, we're getting to the ghost part. Okay, so I'm, pay attention. I am paying attention. The young fellow took a turn around the pin, and I looked aloft to see what Scotty was doing. As I did so, he reached for his knife with one hand and put out the other for the backstay. Just then, the chair gave way. He fell all bunched up until he struck the cross trees. And then he spread out like and fell flat on the deck just forward of the cabin on the starboard side. I was kneeling beside him in a minute, and so was the old man. What did he say? I can't take much more of this. (laughs) (laughs) For he'd had no idea that he would have fall. I was feeling pretty well choked up to see a shipmate killed, so... And I said to the captain, this is pretty bad business, sir. This man's been murdered, says I. And get me a pina colada. Because he, he knew that chair was all chaka blocka. Well, you never get into a chaka blocka chair. 
on a ship. Is a bam. When you see a chock-a-blocka mainmast, chock-a-blocka foremast mainstay. Run. Run the opposite way. Grab your halyard and go. Grab your goddamn halyard and get the get the flock out of there. When I said that, Scotty opened his eyes and looked at us. Then in a whisper, he cursed the captain and his wife and the children and the ship and her owners. I'll get over here, Mishmar. I'm cursing the captain. I curse you, captain. And your sons. And your daughters. And your mother. And I curse the owners. And the owner's sons. And I curse the owner's sons, sons, and daughters. And I'm cursing the shipmates. And their daughters. And another. I'm cursing you, Miss Moneypenny, for not getting my martini shaken. It was stirred, not shaken, Miss Moneypenny. It was awful. I'm cursing him. While he was still talking, the blood bubbled over his lips, and his head lurched over to one side. He was dead. That was a terrible martini, Miss Moneypenny. (laughs) He was dead. It was three days before the schooner got to Cleveland. Some of the boys were for leaving the boat, but most of us stayed by because wages were down again. Going through the rivers, there were four other schooners in the tow. We were the next to the tug. Just at the big end of Port Huron, a squall struck us. It was too much for the tug, and some lubber cast out the tow line without singing it out first. We dropped our bower as quick as we could, but not before we drifted astern, carrying away thread gear of the schooner next to us and smashing in our own boat. We were a skeery lot going up Lake Huron, and no boat under the stern. There was a fair easterly wind on the lake as we got out of the river in the morning. We were standing across Saginaw Bay during the first watch that night. I had the second trick at the wheel. The stars were shining bright and clear, and not a cloud was in sight. In the northwest, a low, dark streak showed where land was. Every stitch of canvas was set and drawing, though the boom sagged and creaked as the vessel rolled lazily in a varying breeze. I had just sung out to the mate to strike eight bells when the captain climbed up the companionway and out on the deck. He stepped over the starboard rail and took a look around, and the lookout began striking the bell. The last stroke of the bell seemed to die away with a swish. A bit of spray or something struck me in the face. I wiped it away, and then I saw something rise slowly across the mainsail from the starboard side of the deck forward of the cabin. The Loch Ness Monster. It was white and all bunched up. I glanced at the captain and saw he was staring at it too. When it reached the gaff near the throat halyards, it hovered over in an instant and then struck the cross trees. There it spread out and rolled over towards us. It was Scotty. Arr. Oh, Mish Money Penny. I wanted that martini. I wanted that Vartker martini shaken, not stirred, Miss Money Penny. His lips were working just as they were when they cursed the captain. As he straightened out, he seemed to stretch himself until he grasped the main top mast and the mizzen with the other. He's got the mizzen and the top shaft, mate. Top mast, I'm sorry. The mizzen mast and the top mast, mateys. Both were carried away like pipe stems. The next I knew, the ship was all in the wind. The square sail yard was hanging in two pieces. The top hammer was swinging and the booms were jibbing over. 
Once the booms are given over, <laughs> forget That's about it. talking about. The old man fell in a dead faint on the quarter deck, and the man in the waist dived down in the forecastle so fast that he knocked over the last man of the other watch. If it hadn't been for the watch coming on deck just then, she'd have rolled the sticks out of her altogether. They got the head sails over, and I put the wheel up without knowing what I was doing. In a minute, it seemed we were laying our course again. The second mate was just beginning to curse me for going to sleep at the wheel when the mate came along and glanced at the binnacle. What the hell is this, he said. Lying our course and on the other tack. The young man by the ship Chandler had listened with intense interest. Here, he said, that story is true. I was there. I'm the captain's nephew you spoke about. I was reading in the cabin that night. As the bell began to strike, I felt a sudden draft through the cabin, and my paper was taken out of my hands and out of the window before I could stop it. I hurried out of the cabin after it, but as I got my head up through the companionway, I heard the crash of falling masts. When the schooner began to go off on the other tack, I saw a bit of a water spout two miles away to the leeward, and the ship channeler laughed. <laughs> I laugh at me. Did you find your paper, he asked. No, said the young man. I thought not, said the ship channeler. Well, said the old sailor. This story can easily be verified. The next voyage, the schooner was sunk. The insurance companies resisted payment on the ground that she'd been scuttled by a captain. During the trial of the case, the story of the death of Scotty and the loss of a topmast under a clear sky was all told under oath. Anybody who doesn't believe it can see a copy of the printed testimony by applying to Rosberry and Barker. The Ship Chandlers of 1789, Central Wharf, Buffalo. Arr. Huh? That's, yeah. How about that for well, a they, ghost story? They told it under oath, so it must be true. Under oath. Frederick Stonehouse says, Whether this story is true or mere fiction is unknown. Although there is no record of a schooner Erie Board of Trade, the lists can be wrong. It should also be remembered that the best stories are also based on fact. But fact or fiction... It is a rollicking good tale of the lakes. Arr, it's a mighty fine tale there, boy. Ah, she is a matey. So is that wrap up our, our Halloween ghost stories? That's our Halloween ghost story. story. Of, uh, story that's, our, yes. that's our good Halloween ghost story. Okay, well, I, I like that there was a Scotsman involved. You can't go wrong with an, a good old Scotsman story. No, no, no. That's why they used Scotsman on Star Trek. That's why they used. That's why James Bond was a Scotsman. I've got some uh, Scotty and I've got some Scotty and me. Aye, I bet you do. An Irish boy. <laughs> the wee diddly diddly Irish there, son. Oh well, I think we should probably put a disclaimer. But that warning: the story you just heard was for entertainment purposes only. Do not attempt any of the stunts performed in the story. Nor should this story be used as a substitute for an actual scuba class from a certified scuba instructor. The Great Dive Podcast reserves the right to refuse service to anyone. Thank you for listening. This I, uh, <laughs> no, we do. Podcast. We do have a. Well, hey, 
everybody, thanks for listening to our uh, second annual Halloween spooktacular. <laughs> we, had some, we had some fun telling this ghost story. We're going to get back to some uh, some more scuba talk oh, next that, week. Uh, wasn't that a spe- uh, spooky laugh? I have to do it again? I'll try it again. I only get like one every six months, a good spooky laugh. Okay, then that, yeah, that, yeah, that, was, <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. <laughs> I can't. It's gone. Hey, a couple, <laughs> hey we, got a, we got a couple shout outs to give. Oh, I shout love out the to shout, uh, outs. shout out to Daniel Alexander from Nottingham. Nottingham. Night. <laughs> so, big shout out to Dan Dan from Nottingham. Dan Dan from Nottingham had both his hands and no feet. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Had a hook for a hand. No, Dan Dan from Nottingham, two left feet. And uh, one hook hand was a pirate who couldn't dance across the land. Everyone feared Dan Dan from Nottingham. Oh, <laughs> that just made a, that off. That's, uh, a, ghost, that's, off, that's uh, a ghost story right there. It's not as polished as it could be, Dan. We're going to work on it. And if you I have like any it. suggestions, send them in. And uh, we got uh, another Patreon sponsor, Mark Easter. So thank you to Mark. Join in the ranks of our uh, Patreon sponsors who are helping this, helping to keep the show afloat. Old old Mark had a big old dog who couldn't bark. Uh, <laughs> and a tail for a hand. <laughs> and a steel hook where her hand should have been. Her matey. <laughs> Okay, everybody. Are pirates for, uh, really scary, though? I mean, we've been doing the pirate. Oh, pirates thing, are too. pirates are always a, a classic Halloween costume. True, true. The sexy pirate. Uh, I know what uh, your wife's dressing up. The as sexy year. pirate or the sexy cat? I too. Our too, wives, uh, our wives are dressed up as sexy pirate lasses for <laughs> Halloween this year. They don't know it yet. Brandon <laughs> 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 and I are ordering their costumes right now. Arr, sexy pirates. Okay, so uh, till next week, guys. Uh, be safe out there on Halloween. Be safe on these Halloween nights. All Hallows Eve. If you're doing any Halloween dives, hey, send us some pictures of your Halloween dives, your pumpkin carving dives. You dressing up in a costume underwater? Send us uh, your pictures. Tag us uh, TGDP Great Dive Podcast. Remember, also and, uh, remember, send them over to us. Also remember, James. Those are fun pictures. Well, the internet is forever, so watch yourself. And if anybody uh, does dress up in uh, Mike K's uh, Jamesy and Brando Great Dive Podcast <laughs> costume, send us photos of you getting thrown out of whatever Halloween party you're attending. They'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, "Who the hell are you supposed to be? Well, you don't listen to the Great Dive Podcast. That's how you should reply. You don't listen to the Great Dive Podcast. Shout out to you, man." I can see you next week. Safe diving, me mateys. Occasionally, you have the ghost having sex with somebody. Kind of thing you hear. There any demon stories? I'd rather have a demon than a ghost. Ghosts just don't. Ghosts would not scare me. Like, what can ghosts do to you? Flick the lights on and off, maybe.